from Grooveview Studios in Columbus, Ohio, this is Getting the Brand Back Together, a podcast exploring the interdisciplinary art of banding, branding, and business building. Rock and roll relic, poet, writer, and brandist, I'm your host, Brad Sircone. Our guests today, Jay Borman and Sarah Zimmerman, co-conspirators of a wonderfully unique brand called Merciful Thieves. The conversation was very compelling. And it was a lot of fun. We talked about rock and roll and fashion and marketing and branding. It went so well, actually, that I think the session is the longest we've ever had. They had some hysterical stories that I'd love for you to hear. Of course, because of the duration, we're going to be splitting this one into two episodes. So I want to talk about two pieces of fashion, Sarah, that I'm personally concerned about. Okay. <laughs> Today's fashion? In general, that's a whole other podcast <laughs> that you'll be host of. No. Men's jeans. Mm-hmm. What the hell is going on <laughs> in men's jeans? So I, I, I love fashion, especially for men, because there's not much out there. <laughs> there is there, not much out, out there. there. I got Vervados. I got a little Calvin Klein here and there. <laughs> I can find some things that express. You, you're not into sweatpants? No, that hasn't, not right now. It's fashion today. I know, I know. But just men's jeans right now, I'm very confused because I'll see some really cool jeans. Someone built like Jay, tall and thin, can wear a certain jean. Band pants. Yeah. yeah, Did you call them band pants? I called them band pants. Okay, that's the name of this episode. Every time (laughs) I'll go, are you, what are we wearing? Is today band pants? And just the way you're saying that, I want that recorded like 20 times. <laughs> Band pants. <laughs> okay, yes. So this is what I'm concerned about. Then I go and I, I go online, I look at all these and I see this stuff, of course, coming out of Europe. I'm looking at men's Italian jeans and this cut and the boot cuts back and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking. Mm-hmm. I see what they're doing. And, but I feel like some of the trends, and this is where I want to know the truth, Some of the trends seem to be pushing a trend, pushing a trend without any rationale versus trends or fashion styles that I see that that I say to myself, I've never seen that. Jay and I were talking the other day about the gene roll. You know, the gene roll was big. Right. I think I walked into Z Kachina because I know the bartender there. And he says, aren't you 56? I said, yeah. He goes, your jeans are rolled up, Brad. <laughs> I said, I know. I also have Fluvog shoes. I'm strange. You want me to leave? <laughs> so I want to know from you, what's going on in the whole category of jeans? doesn't have to be just men's jeans. Where's it going? Because I'm confused. Well, I, you know, I think fashion is because of COVID, unfortunately, is having a struggle because- It's the, sweatpants. The, it's, well, it's sweatpants, yes. And, and, you know, there's no direction out there. Okay. And okay. so I think when people are showing something random that's maybe unexpected, it's just for it's for just for the sake of newness. Yes. Right. Okay. okay. We didn't have it and we're trying. I think the fashion industry is desperately trying to find something to stick. And so I'm not crazy. This you're is not what, crazy. This is what I'm feeling. And and the other thing too is, I mean, I always think, I mean, I love fashion. Um, with all my heart, but if it's not right for me, you're out. It can't work, right? Right? It's not like I mean. Then you become a hanger, and it's not your personal style. And a hanger, and and you're wearing something (laughs) that people think look awful, but you know, it's just because it's not you, right? Right? And strangers because you can't pull it it off. You can't. Right? You can't. So you know, I feel like you got to find your you got to find your what what makes you work. I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, Jay has a very unique style. Yeah. Yes, he does. And and he's created that. Yep. And and he embraced it mm-hmm. and owned it. And people mm-hmm. are like, and we people all over when we're traveling are like, hey man, like your style. Right, right. You right. know, hey man, I like your hat. Right. Uh, hey, wow, is that a mustache? I mean, handlebar mustache. <laughs> yeah. Do they call it a handlebar? <laughs> you know, any I mean, just like that. And I mean, people just like they see that, they recognize it as a personal style and it's a standout. Yes. Where personal style opposed to trend or fashion. And and I think and retail uh, when, when I started in retail, everybody had their own, they had their own style, right? Mm-hmm. And you shop that brand that was because your they, style. Exactly. And they were unique. And over the past few, the past decade, style has, well, what are they doing? If I they're know. doing that, we need to do that. I know. And, and that's not style, right? And no, so, it's called homogeneity. And then, mm-hmm. right. So now we have this really like 
flat landscape for fashion right now. And people are like, oh, there's nothing out there. Or, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't like it or I'm wearing this because it's out there. That's the only option I have. <laughs> right. So I can imagine what's going through both, what's going through your head when someone says that. Well, do something different, damn it. Do, right. 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 So when, and when own I, it. I know you guys both have talked about this, the Varvados thing, like that was just like, that was such a, it's such a unique brand because it started out of, it, it just stays the, stays the course of rock and roll. Yes. Right. Just right. stays the course. If you're rock and roll and that's what you feel and that's what you love, there's going to be something there for you. And that's why you use the word, put a piece to styling. And I walk in there to your point and I see that poster of Johnny Cash. Mm. I see the clash. I see Alice Cooper. Um, you see the distressed black wood. I am you like see, every yeah. touch point in here. What is this called? Varvados. And it blew me away. That's why I always say when I was in a band, I was really in a brand. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I was inventing yeah. that as I go, seeing how it all fit together. And uh, since then, Jay and I were talking and I've turned uh, quite a few of my friends. We'd go to New York City and that's where I, I go straight from LaGuardia, where we're flying in. I go straight to Soho. That's where I just go. Mm -hmm. I can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't leave and I shop all day. I barely eat, do anything. I'm just looking at brands. Yeah. Right? Right. And uh, the, the the thing that was impressive is, is Jay said that he tried on Varvados for the first time. And he goes, it just fit. I was in the brand. Like he was already in the brand because it's, he's cut for Varvados, right? And I thought about that last night after you said that. And I wanted to ask you this question. Yeah. It's not only the fit that feels good, right? But it's also the feeling, the lifestyle, when the fit feels. So it's a physical thing. It's actually visceral. Yeah. Fashion yeah. can be visceral. Oh, absolutely. But it's also psychological and social, right? That's right. Absolutely. Because it's how it makes you feel, not by its literal cut. How you feel in the clothes. How do you feel in the clothes? So I want you guys to talk about that. How, how, what is that moment of human empowerment when fashion does its job, even functionally, but psychologically, how it empowers you, how you feel in the clothes. Well, it's funny because as marketers, that's the, you're chasing that. That is the verb you're chasing, right? Yeah, that, great word. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, to, to uh, steal from skateboarding, if we're gleaming the cube, like yeah. that is what we're chasing. Right, right, right. right. It's like that, to get somebody emotionally invested in the clothes yeah. that they're yeah. putting on yeah. through giving them confidence or, or whatever the feeling that's positive for them. Mm -hmm. That's like a marketer's dream. It is. And it's having, a customer for life and experiencing that ourselves and knowing that, right. And like, you can identify when it happens because you're just kind of like, yeah, this is, this is right. And yeah. Sarah taught me this, like find the pieces buy pieces you, you, if you find one piece that really fits, that's really you, you can kind of dress it up and down with some other stuff, some filler stuff, whatever, but find those pieces. And when you look in the mirror in a, in a changing room and you're like, the angels start singing and you feel great. It's like- No, this, I, I relate to this. Yeah. You're laughing, Sarah. I mean, I thought I was the only one that had that. No, no. <laughs> Us three have problems. No, we have problems. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's like, it's like, holy crap. Like this is, you know, and sometimes it's unexpected too. Oh, no. I, sometimes you're right. I'll sell the brand too short. Yeah. And it surprises me. It humbles me. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were in, mm. uh, we were in LA one time on a job. And we had an afternoon off. That's how every story starts yeah, on Friday, totally. by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And uh, we were walking to lunch and Sarah's like, because I kept complaining like, oh man, I need new jeans. And she goes, we're, we're here right now. You're going to try on jeans. Okay. And so I took like one pair of jeans to yeah. a fit room. Yeah. Next thing I know, Sarah starts throwing just dozens of pairs of jeans at me <laughs> through the fitting. And I'm just like trying on all these jeans. And it was like, you know, damn, I there was like two pair that like really sung out. And it was yeah. just like, I would never have expected. I would, right. It like the one pair was Rag and Bone. Yeah, and yeah. I always liked Rag and Bone, but yeah. I never really like, you know, just never did it for me. But it didn't for, resonate yeah. until you had them on. But for whatever reason, it's like, holy crap, like these are, <laughs> these are great. And you just sit there kind of in this moment of self-realization. Yeah. And, you know, I told you this before, I... 
can't help but to view <sighs> sometimes my projection through the lens of designing an action figure. Well, no, you did say that. Yeah. And so I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Yeah. Because this to me is the most remarkable thing ever. When you said, well, I decided to embrace myself as an action figure. And ironically, I sent you guys a brand personification form to fill out. It's the same thing. Yeah. I'm personifying you, right? Yeah. I could take... <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because, yeah, I told you I have an identical twin brother. Yeah. And we're both six foot six. And we were growing up, we were always the tall, skinny, lanky freaks, right? Mm -hmm. And for, you know, all of my early life, I just wanted to be shorter and look different <laughs> than my brother, you know? I never knew this. Uh, yeah. Yes. This is what he confessed to me last night. And I will say, you know, a huge turning point in my life was when I went to Hong Kong for the first time. Yeah. Uh, without my brother there, total freakazoid, you know, just head and shoulders taller than everyone else. You know, I'd go to nightclubs and I'd have to be ducking down because the ceilings. But I found myself really gaining a lot of confidence in myself there. And I was really embracing my differences, mm -hmm. right? And so I know this is goofball, but you know, at some point where you're just kind of like deciding like, you know, I don't know what, what, do, how am I, how do I want to be right now? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, what do I want to look like? Because, you know, much like music, fashion kind of sways fairly quickly. The pendulum move. And you'd find yourself like, are, are we still, are we, are we on trend here? Are we still doing this or what do we need to do? Right. It's like something on Spinal Tap. Yeah, totally. <laughs> are we still touring? This one goes up to 11. Yeah. But do, do the other amps go up to 11 anymore? <laughs> totally. And <laughs> so, you know, when I, when I got into retail fashion, uh -huh. I became more aware of, of fashion. And that was where all I knew at that point was design action figures. I was like, I think I need to develop myself as an action figure. And when I, when I met Sarah, when I met Sarah, she was like-minded like me, but, but so, had already you embraced say, herself but, but, in that way. Yeah, she had already been an action figure. Yeah, so I was just I like- was born an action figure. That's right. So I was like, oh my God, here's this person who I can relate to what she's already achieved for herself because right. I'm trying to figure it out. She was mentoring you at this point. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And so- you know, I was able to find kind of my personal style through this process in my head where I was rationalizing designing an action figure. And when you said that to me last night, I almost couldn't type fast enough. Yeah. So. Because I found it no, fascinating and, and actually profound. But first I want to know, Sarah, did you know that that's how he got to where he is today in his fashion sense? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jay, so yes, I, I influenced Jay to discover his action figure self <laughs> through fashion. Um, but so one time we had to give a presentation, obviously, to the corporate, you know. Yeah, areas. you guys like, might want like, like, like to do some work. Yeah, right, totally. <laughs> right. So it's like 600 people, right? Not a big deal. And, and I was like, Jay, if we're going to stand up there, we're going to wear something. Some, yeah, so you got to wear red colored denim jeans. Yeah. And, and I'll wear blue, right? Okay, mm -hmm. so they were like cobalt yeah. or something. Yeah, and yeah. we get up there and he's like, he hasn't said anything, but he's, you know, got on these pants and he's not too excited about it. He doesn't love the red right now. No, he's not. And well, it's new. It's, yeah, new. it's new. It's new. Yeah. They're not black. Uh-huh, yeah. Right, they're not blue, dark blue. Right, right. Right, so he's standing up there and he goes, <laughs> we're standing up there and he goes, can you guys hear me in the back? Right, 600 people. And then they all go, oh, yeah, yeah. Then he goes, can you see my pants? Oh, Jesus. It's funny because, you know, I told you this yesterday about Which like, was kind of a little like, screw you, Sarah. Yeah. Right? But it was nice. <laughs> but it was one of those things where, um, you know, you have to find a way to have the confidence to try something new. Yes. Right? Yes. And in that exact example, I remember, you know, Sarah's like, you got to do this. This will, this is right on trend. Like, we'll look awesome. And, and I, she was right. It was, she was totally right. Absolutely. It's like she does art direction. And creative I, direction. I found the confidence because I was listening to a lot of punk at the time. And, <laughs> you know, Tim Armstrong from Rancid, mm -hmm. I saw a video of him wearing red jeans. So it was okay. And I was just like, well, fuck, <laughs> if Tim Armstrong's going to wear red <laughs> jeans, then Sarah can make me wear red jeans. I can have the confidence to do it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay, let's go back to action figures. Okay. Great brands that can become action figures can do so because they became great brands. True. In any category, I argue. I didn't say anything about longevity, mm-hmm. but KISS action figures. Yeah. You think about KISS mm-hmm. and the KISS army. Yeah. Yeah. That's the ultimate. They started as an action figure, if you will, that's costume, right. yeah, as characters. Much. They're characterizations mm-hmm. of themselves. That's, that's right. That's personification. Yeah. And as you know, the worth of the KISS brand, along with KISS Army and all its merch, is worth more than the Beatles. Yep. So, when you guys, I know we're being somewhat flippant about the subject here, but not really. Yeah. Because that's the ultimate merch move, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and that's the thing. You know, Gene Simmons is very shrewd at this, and he's driving that. Yes. You know, and… I've seen some of that firsthand because when I was in action figures, we used to go to San Diego Comic-Con all the time and mm-hmm. set up. Well, guess what? So did Gene. Oh, really? And, yeah. And so we we had a mutual friend, Kevin Eastman, uh-huh. who was one of the guys who create, created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, awesome. And so Kevin would have parties in the, he always stayed in the penthouse at the higher oh, regency. And, you know, I'm like staying yeah. in the hostel down the street, but presenting <laughs> myself like I'm well, staying. Well, you've got your red pants yeah, on. Totally. Everything's fine. <laughs> and so Kevin would have these like parties, like after hour parties and stuff. And Gene would show up every once in a while. And yeah. so- it was very cool to kind of see him and even on occasion speak to him a little bit about like his view on pop culture and mm-hmm. toys at the time. Mm-hmm. And he, I'm telling you, he really did understand, does understand the bigger picture of kind of taking something and creating much more out of it. I mean, okay. it's, a, it's unreal. Okay. The reason I started this podcast was to prove that point. <laughs> I'm, I'm Consider it proven. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. Yeah, but my point is, on the road, I would hear all the time, like we were talking about mid Midwest flyover states. Oh, they're not that fashion forward. They're not smart enough. They're from Columbus. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And um, I would hear in rock and roll, well, you're in a rock band. So that's why I wouldn't use rock and roll terminology in describing the band. Never. The terminology, because I had to own the brand language, was narrative storytelling. Because I was making, for me, I was making the words up every night. The only thing I kept saying was the chorus. Mm -hmm. The point was to have a differentiating attribute. So, all the time before we were signed, I kind of started to buy into that. Well, those guys aren't that. They're in a rock band. How much can they know? Well, once I got signed, I realized one thing. I turned to my then wife and said, there's a problem. She goes, I don't see a problem. You guys got signed for $3.6 million. I said, there's a big problem. She said, what? We were at the gym. She said, what? I said, we're at the bottom in talent and in brain power <laughs> and savvy. I think we're at the bottom. Yeah. And she goes, well, you probably are. Oh. <laughs> because the people that are on Geffen at the time, I was Joni Mitchell. I'm at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Elton Absolutely. John, I'm at the bottom. Wow. Absolutely. Right? But when I got to meet some of those people, like you just said, the reason I said getting the brand back together is because it's about, right, banding, branding, and business building. Yeah. If you know about banding, you have to know about branding. If you can know about those things and understand design, you grow businesses. That's right. Yeah. So what you just experiences. said. Yes, exactly. And so I was talking to Rod, Dr. Roger Blackwell about this same thing because he, he interviewed Madonna and uh, Steven Tyler for his book. And he said, you know, people overlook the brain power of the artist to understand consumers. That's right. They understand it better than the marketers because they're performing the truth of their authenticity, most of them, the same way every night. That's right. right. So they're on brand because they have to be. A marketer doesn't have to be. No, they that's are, right. They are the brand. That's right. So that's why he knows that. Yeah. You know? That's right. So thank you for saying that because that is the impetus for this. Now we have to go to another fashion question because this is bothering me. Oh no. <laughs> I was just like I was just like let's and let's harness the creativity to lead brands. <laughs> if we could harness that creativity, we'd have unique styles again, unique brands again. Love that because sometimes it can get all too tactical. And so I made a decision. I've been in the agency business too long, started in the advertising media placement. And then we moved over about 10 years ago to only do building brands, right? Because that's the only way to get back to the truth. That's right. Yeah. And and what you said, Sarah, is absolutely true. I had a good 
photographer, uh, actually used to shoot Express stuff, a lot of stuff that was on the podcast. He said, Brad, I hate to tell you this, but it's all, it used to be somewhat about image. He goes, now it's all image. He goes, but I don't know how much is behind the image. That's what worries me. Mm-hmm. To your point, Sarah, let's begin with the brand and build it. So you guys were talking that you had development, your op teams, and then you had your night stalkers. Yeah. To do what? Ensure the activation and rollout of that initial beta was going to work in what? The brand. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. So now you guys have moved from the express world to the agency world. And it's a different different role. What are you seeing? We were talking about the tendency to be over tactical Mm -hmm. and not to lead with a why, but rather the what and you tell us what. And can we do what, you know, all we want is what we did last year. Yeah. But make this one. Uh, cobalt blue. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So how do you guys deal with that with your wisdom and experiential knowledge? H- how is that? And what's the transfer of that like? And, and how can you educate your clients when they're asking questions that might not be the right question to ask? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we always do when we first pitch clients, we talk about this quite a bit. We have to first show them the problem they didn't know they had. And then we swoop in as the people who can solve this problem. And until they even understand the problem, they just go right to solutions. And way too often, we are dealing with clients who want to solve the solution. Hey, we need to solve the solution. We got to solve that solution. It's like, no, no, no. What? Sell more pants. Yeah, tell me. It's like, what? <laughs> Specifically, ban pants. That's right. Ban pants. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, no, no, no. What are you trying to say? Right. Who are you? Right. Well, we just need some TikToks. <laughs> of what? <laughs> well, TikToks are hot right now. And we, we know, need seven more. That's right. We know that if we get more TikTok engagements, it's just kind of like, what's, <sighs> what's that engagement worth? What are you saying? You know what I mean? <laughs> but how do they respond? Uh, with bewilderment, honestly. Because yeah. they came for a solution. You decided to tell them they don't need a solution and they have a problem which they don't know how to fix. I, it's funny because I, I told- You have a new problem. Excuse I, me, you have a new problem. I told Sarah the other day, I said, I don't know if all of our clients like us. <laughs> they don't. Because, you know, because- Sometimes you crack open and you make them like think about things that they didn't want to think about. And that is exactly why you and I were talking on the phone yesterday. Now, I can't laugh while I'm saying this because now I'm trying to be serious. Is that that's why I love the beauty of branding because you can't avoid the truth. Can't build a brand without having the truth. And so we never tell them. So in building a brand, we don't tell them we, they have a problem. We tell them that there's a better future and may we walk them there. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. good advice. It is. But you know, it's funny because we we often say we never say no to clients, but we say yes in different ways. Right. We yeah. need to resell that to Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that's right. No, that, that's well, that's well said. And we, and we used to do direct marketing audits and brand audits, but now we just begin collaborating from the beginning and change the that's language. That's the way to do it. That would be Change great. the language. Well, see, this is why we're going to do brands together. Change the language towards a benevolency for them, both on ROI and so the brand can actually grow up. It is so cliche and it is so easy to point at like the big examples, but like, you know, Steve Jobs, he was not concerned about making money. He was concerned about making good product. And it, the money came. Right. And he was very open about that. Mm-hmm. And, and impossible to work for, but he was creating beauty. But it's interesting because former CEOs that we've worked with who, you know, love Apple and you say, hey, you've given this example, they truly are like, yeah, I'm like that. And you're like, whoa, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Whoa. <laughs> but it is interesting because we find that to be a lot of, there's a lot of truth in that not everyone has a very clear, self-awareness of kind of where they really are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we find people, uh, you know, executives or clients who are like, we really want to move into this space. And you're like, okay, great. Here's what we're going to do. And we start the process of moving them. Just make it a little bit more like, well, last year we did. Just make it a little bit more. And we find, like, I'm not kidding you. We had a client who wanted some revisions on a video that we did. We spent three weeks doing all these revisions Mm -hmm. and 
we legitimately sent them the original video and they're like, you got it. We went ar- completely around the yes, circle. Yes, Oh, I know. On this one small tactical thing that we were just like, just launch this thing. Right. Nobody's waiting for this color bar <laughs> to be perfect. Like nobody cares. Just launch it. Right. The message is there. Right. Get it out there. Right. The the unseen message is the useless message. <laughs> right. Let's go over that again. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. So, but this goes back to Sarah's point when you were talking about Express is that you know you had a world out there of trends and styles that you understood. And I love that idea of pulling pieces that you and I talked about yesterday and you brought that word up. And then you put it back through a telescope that was Express brand and made decisions. Whereas what it sounds like what's happening right now with you guys and and some of your relationships is that lens, the client isn't bringing you any lens. They're bringing you the moon and tell you what color they like it. They want it one shade deeper than last year's color. And you're saying maybe the moon isn't the problem. It's the bigger trend out there right now. We also have some clients who trust us implicitly and they're finding a lot of success in what we're serving up to them. And, and it's that's amazing. Awesome. And, and that's that, awesome. Yeah. And that drives, there's enough of that positive kind of things happening where when you do come up with a challenging client, and it's not that those, those clients are bad clients. It's just that they can't quite see past their own bubble. Mm-hmm. The, the world is not waiting for you. Right. You got to get out of your own bubble. You got to look at the bigger picture. Right. And because things are moving through your feed so fast, you got to keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. Because, like a mantra. Yeah, that's right. It's no longer the lake pre-internet days where there was a lake. <laughs> and if you built a big sailboat, everyone would look at the lake and they'd see that big sailboat. Yeah, that must be Dr. Smith's. Yeah, now it's a class five river and this that sailboat's gone in one second flying at you you know what i mean from all directions and so you're just kind of like if you're not out there putting that same message out there and putting your true brand authentic self out there it just doesn't matter right right and you know it's interesting because i think we talked about this before oftentimes with you know sometimes i express with some of the executives or different functions or even with some of our clients they look at numbers, they look at sales trends, they look at whatever, and they're like, you know, this is where we need to go. And we just often ask back, like, do you think this is cool? Do you like this? Well, no, I don't, but I'm not the customer. And it's kind of like, no, you're wrong. Everyone is the customer. Including you. That's right. And Now, if you, you're not more than them. And it's like, if you're making this bad decision because of data and not because <laughs> you think it's cool or it's right... There's a problem because it's going to fail. And it's funny because when we would do our style outs for a photo shoot and stuff, you could always tell what's going to go on clearance. And it, 90% you already of the knew. Time, yeah. You already like, knew. Clearance, clearance. Like, what? why? Because it wasn't on brand? Or I, what, what, why? how did you guys have was, that instinct? Or it was last year, okay. or it was like nothing special. So you already knew it, and, Sarah. I mean, people have a, a limited amount of dollars, right? And, and, so you don't need another T-shirt, right? You need like a something that's going to make you feel like a rock star when you put it on, right? And because there's so much out there, right? Like I always say to my friends when they're like, "Do you like this?" I'm like, "Do you love it?" Like, because if it's not a love, you shouldn't be buying it. And and you know, so yeah, it was just more stuff. They have bought it last year or apartment sixty nine has to do this much business or. I don't know. There, there, there's lots of reasons. But when you get into, like, I, I started retail when people were, like, loving the product. Like, I they would just love that you're using the, that word. They <laughs> present the product and people would be like, oh, my gosh, that I want that and I want that. And, right. And, you know, and or or that looks new or, you know, and it's, it wasn't a, it wasn't like, it wasn't talk. <laughs> you it, was know, passion. it was passion. It was passion. It was passion. Exactly. Passion. Yeah. And people could love it. And I, I don't know. I just like, again, that was when creative had a much stronger voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we have a, a, we lived this a little bit because there was this in the last decade, a passing of the torch of some of the old school retailer kind of oh, geniuses, right? Yeah, and I know. Michael Weiss, who was the CEO of Express, he right. was one of those like innovators and real geniuses in this market. And it was very interesting because we saw this happen. When he was there and we were in uh, like a line review or a marketing review, 
the questions he would ask is he would sit there and he'd look and he'd be like, can I see this on a model? And we'd bring a fit model in and he'd be like, do you think that hemline is too short? He always talked about the fashion. He always was worried about what it was. The moment he retired, there was a new breed of you know, leaders who never looked up from the spreadsheet. And we would bring models out or whatever. And it's just like, um, so, hey, sorry, can you just do us a favor just looking up because we hired her? So like, just to make sure that like you see what the clothes look like. You would say yeah, that. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, what, um, what did we do last year? You know, I mean, it was just like, it was just like, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you, you can probably tell we both Sarah and I had a little bit of irreverence a lot mm-hmm. of times in, in mm-hmm. the meetings and whatnot. And sure. some of that had to do with like, oh, they're the creative team. They can kind of do that stuff. Um, so yeah, a lot of times we would jokingly kind of challenge. Yeah, because you of, could. Yeah, right. what was happening in some of these meetings. But what we were trying to do was keep the focus on the fashion. Yeah, and the product. It was just like, we saw it happen where it had shifted to, well, you know, how many likes is, um, is on is this image on Instagram getting because we need more of that and it's just kind of like who cares like make right. cool compelling fashion and everything else will fall into place but yes. we saw that shift happen and I'm know. sure you felt it every day absolutely and talk yeah. about I mean how do you keep the ranger by ranger cat culture going in yeah, that it was tough and in fact probably in a very I don't know cathartic way or whatever our time was done there uh-huh. you know because our way of thinking and the, what we were passionate about the brand was just not where it was going. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And we were talking about this yesterday. I know this word's overused, but I want to tap on to what Sarah said about, we were using the word authentic. But I say, I used to say to everyone who asked me that same question, Sarah, whether it's clothes or anything, whether it's a profession, I'll sometimes talk to the kids and all I'll say to them is, do you love it? Then that's what we're going to do. If you don't love it, then don't waste my time telling me about stuff you like because that doesn't move the world. Correct. Love moves it. And I think that's true in art and fashion and business and brand. It's in food and it, yeah, exactly. And you, uh, Just go to Italy. Architecture. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah, it's everybody out when when that all when all the stars align and you love it and it's working or it it just comes, it just happens. Right. And it's authentic and there's an authentic. alignment. And, and and Jay and I were talking yesterday that with the convenience of information with the ability to digitize emotions and capture that as data that can be predictive to pocketbooks, then sometimes art gets forgotten about, right? Because there's no space to challenge or to do something crazy or to be in flow and trust that someone will pick you up, right? That's right. I mean, could jazz music be a category now just digital? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. I know. You know, it's like whiskey. It's like good whiskey. That's in a digital barrel. Yes, Brad. that's exactly right. 120 <laughs> minutes in a digital barrel. <laughs> that's right. I mean, we you used to- taste that digitality. Uh-huh. That's right. I mean, there was a couple things that when we would be challenged kind of creatively or through timelines or whatever, a lot of times we would have like our, our brand strategists come to us or marketing strategists come to us at Express and they'd be like, okay, here's the timeline. And we'd see all this time built out for reviews mm-hmm. and then like one day for creativity. Creative. I know. And we'd be like, oh my God, so. from nine to five, we're allowed to create? <laughs> Jesus. That's amazing. You, you know, you You're so generous. You should, yeah, you should have said it's too long. Yeah, totally. We'd like this cut off. <laughs> we want you to add another review. I mean, it was truly, it's like, okay, let's just take a step back. This is a six-week project and you have allocated literally three hours for the creation of the end result. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the time is reviews and revisions mm-hmm. and all this other crap. Right. When the product may not even be right, that's, you have a timeline. That's, so we're going to give you the C product that you can revise a thousand times. That's right. Until, right, it's a walking Frankenstein that, that'll be on the clearance rack in two weeks. And I used to always say, how many focus groups did Kurt Cobain have to write Smells Like Teen Spirit? Right. right. Like, right. I, I need to know because if it's zero, then that's what I need. Let's right. create exactly. something. Exactly. We were talking about that earlier about uh, rock and roll bands and you brought up Pearl Jam and Nirvana. I brought up The Clash. And I think that you then quickly chimed in, Jay, and said, well, the thing about The Clash was 
they wore those cool army pants, right? <laughs> That's right. Tiger stripe camo. <laughs> With tiger stripe camo. How do you not love that? They even pulled off, like you are the hat. They pulled off the beret with that. That's right. Now, <laughs> me, I look like a jack-o'-lantern in a beret. Yeah. It, it doesn't work. I've tried it. Yeah. Yeah. But they were able to pull that off, right? Because they were, they understood what they were marketing to. That's right. And it was very interesting, right? Because the name of their album for that time period was Combat Rock. Right, right, right. And they... And before that, Sandinista. So they were going down that militant route. They were, for sure. And, you know, it was interesting that they were savvy enough or lucky enough to then present themselves in a visual way of what the message they were trying to say. Yeah. And I totally agree with the argument you just made there. Was it savvy? You know, did it bring them up or bring them down, yeah. down as a brand, right? Was it, was it buffoonery or was it brilliance? I don't know. Don't know either. And, but the trick for me is that tiger stripe camo <laughs> during the Vietnam War was worn by special forces. Okay, so tell me. Yeah, so it was a it was an indigenous pattern, right? Right, so the, of course. The, the, so the, it's camouflage. Yeah, and it was the way that the black stripes were. It it mimicked the canopy of the jungle okay. and the shadows that the that the um, the leaves would create. Right, and so they the South Vietnamese developed this camo, and then when our advisors went over there. They just adopted it, right? And the advisors were the special forces and these like special operators, you know. And so it was an elite kind of status, right? Yeah, I didn't know that. And so it's interesting to me that the Clash picked that camouflage and they must, I mean, it looks cool for sure, but there must have been some status that they were knowing that they were adopting. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and Strummer, I think, as building a lot of the brand, was thinking about that stuff. I'm sure. I was fortunate enough to, to meet him uh, one time and actually sit and have Guinness and coffee with him. <laughs> of course and, you did. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do. That's what he had in his cup. I said, what's in that? And it was brewing. And he said, well, it's coffee. And, and then I forget it was Cosmo Vinyl or somebody. I don't know. One of the managers said, well, yeah, with a couple spikes of Guinness in it. <laughs> but I was just saying while you were gone that the Clash pulled off the beret. The skinny bass player, Paul Simonon, always wore a little beret. It, he looked really good in it. Right. I couldn't do it. Right. So that's not a piece that, you know, the pe people, you would say in the fashion world, that's not a mainstay piece. Absolutely right? not. <laughs> okay. That's a style maker. That's a style maker. Thank you know, you. That's, yeah. a, that's that unique thing that he can own and yeah. is his exclusively. Right. And a million people can try it because they want to be like him. And it doesn't, doesn't work. Doesn't quite work. I mean, and then, nailing that is like... It's that's something, hard. That's hard and it's like something. But if you can achieve that one thing that's you or that yeah. one, you know, mustache yeah, yeah. or hat or something. Right, right. Yeah, that's your own thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's great. So I, I failed then at these style makers. Yeah. So I'd like to tell you, <laughs> I'd like to tell you of a, of a style maker fail. So I wrote a song called Jonathan Toledo because I was dating Marie Toledo. It's about her father, an American Indian that lived in Cleveland, Ohio. The song was on 120 minutes. It's on the first record. It's very long. Take a long run. I, I, mm -hmm. I've listened to it. Okay, okay. Yes. It, it was on breakout rotation on MTV when there were such things called MTV. Those are music videos. <laughs> yes. played on TV. But, 120 minutes with Matt Penfield. Yeah. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, so, my, so I decide, because like, so I'm working on my, what's it called? A style maker. Your style, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was the style maker of the band. I probably, I just need to do a lot of black, textured black. That's what I would push for. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. If you're limited, do what you're good at. So one day I decide as a style maker, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wear Jonathan Toledo's real gun holster. Nice. It's a real gun holster. But I decide that instead of putting bullets in the holster, I think we're playing the Cleveland Underground or some punk bar. And it's, it's right after we had signed, but we hadn't had any music out yet. But we had made the record and we now come back. So we could only play in, a, you know, Midwest stuff. So I decide I'm going to go to the market that day after sound check, and I'm going to get red roses. So I cut the red roses and I put them in the holster. So now I've got this holster with these red roses, you know, a little hippie action doors thing happening here. Mm -hmm. No bullets, only peace. Right. right? It's all right. good. Janice Love, not war. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I go out there and I realize what you said earlier, that I feel like a, 
fucking idiot in this holster <laughs> oh, with roses. No. <laughs> no. So I cover. No. Well, you know, sometimes the mirror lies to you. Yeah. You thought it was fine. <laughs> but then when you're around others and all you see is. Really? Yeah. Those are the things you chose. Uh-huh. Really? Uh-huh. And so I decide the only way to cover for this bad holster move with these flowers was to go punk on the flowers and cut all the heads off in one dramatic moment during improvisation. Well, that was a hit then. Yeah. yeah. But I never, so I, I wasn't, I, I, need to, I need to have done the development of the beta <laughs> yeah, of right. the style maker before I operationalized that's it. That's right. That was the problem <laughs> there. That's right. Funny. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about, since I think, and tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, I think that men's fashion is totally overlooked. What do you feel? I just think men's fashion is a little more limited. Why is that? Because it's a shirt and a pant and a jacket. Okay. And it kind of ends there. Hmm. You know? Can't argue. I well, mean, we can throw I mean, in hats I mean, and vests, I think but you're that's, right. But you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, no, you're it's right. still a pant and shirt. You're, you're right. Whether it's a sweatpant, right? right. Or, or a t-shirt, or right. uh, it's still just, and I think women have skirts and dresses mm-hmm. and, you know, jeans and leggings and wide leg pants and skinny leg pants and, and all, you know, all kinds of variations in tops, off the shoulder tops. And I mean, not any of the stuff that I'm spouting no, but we have no current, but, but you think, <laughs> But, um, you know, it's like it, they were options. Yeah, we know? don't have options. You're right. It's you a shirt and trousers. It is. It yeah. totally is. Okay. So my inventory, my brand inventory is not there to even develop a portfolio is what you're saying. A you know, bit, you but- can, you can, you can, you know, spin it in new ways. Mm-hmm. And, and, but yeah, it's, that's, that's, I think why men's fashion is, is ju- it's just it's just limit it's just a little more limited. I think that people are trying. I actually think men's fashion is broader and more exciting than it's been in years. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really, really do. Okay, um, good. Well, what makes you say that? I mean, I think because of the way that they're spinning it, meaning now there are now sweatpants and a jacket, mm-hmm. and, you know, can be cool, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, they're the and the tops are. You don't have to always wear a woven top. You right. can wear knit tops, right. and you can, you know, uh, and I think that there's more versions of that. Okay. You know, there's not, there's dressy and like yep. street casual and weekend wear. And yeah, absolutely. You know, and That's jeans come in, in a lot of different. Oh, I know. They've confused there you me. Go. <laughs> there you go. So, um, you know, but, there's, but there's, that variance there's, is a good thing for them. You're saying completely. I for mean, the category. I mean, right. I mean, I mean, Jay has made camo pants, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a thing. I mean, yeah, and, so and that's another option for men. But one thing about that too is, don't you think that men's fashion is challenged because a lo- the most men don't yes. care. And yes. so the market isn't the same as women's no, fashion. it's Rhode Island. It's the size of Rhode Island. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And that sucks. No, wait a minute. <laughs> we think- Like, does, is that, is the, um, the men don't care or that... I mean, I think you I think, think men care about the way they look. I just don't think they've been given the information quite as strongly as women. For sure. I they think, haven't been sold to that way. Right. You know, there's, is, I mean, others- Because Barvados does sell to us. Right? Yes. And, and, and I would say like Mr. Porter is really working hard mm. to tell a men's fashion story. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's others out there for sure. Mm-hmm. But- um, I, I I do think that the, there isn't as much out there to give men fashion at, or to tell men what is happening or, you know, the options that men have as much as women. I agree. It's an educational prop. So now you've actually pointed to two key factors. One, there's no variance of the garment categories to create a true portfolio to do piece buying to create your own style. It's hard if I only have two items. Okay. Right. Number one. And then number two, historically, we have not been educated. I just took an interest in it because of rock and roll. That's how it happened to me, you know, in fashion. And plus, I just love, I mean, I I, I even love women's fashion because it has so much more to offer than men's fashion does. I mean, Jay and I have even talked about men's fashion, like when we're out and traveling. Like if we see somebody, we're like, mm, yeah, yeah that exactly. was his look in the 80s and he's still wearing right, it. Right, right. Right? Because it, yeah. uh, it was like the one look. Yeah. It was like- the, Yeah, they don't the, come very often. Right? It was the black jacket. And, <laughs> oh, that's right. Right? Yes. Remember that? Yeah. And the t-shirt? Yeah. And we're like, oh, 
down. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was 87. Yeah, that's 90s. Right. <laughs> or then there's the flannel shirt, right? right. You guys we all pushed that. wore we a did. flannel right. shirt we did. forever. And we had them in various colors. Though. Yeah, <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, it's but so it true. is interesting that, you know, uh, when you look at old photos, 30s, 40s, mm-hmm. even 50s, mm-hmm. men dressed up. There was a, you know, going out without a tie seemed un, you know, that was like bums did that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then I don't know what all happened, but, you know, through kind of, you know, the last 35, 40 years, it seems like convenience has overtaken projection of oneself to me. Image making. Like wash and wear, just throw it in the wash. Okay. <laughs> then throw it in the dryer. Now put it on me. You know what I mean? Like that seems to have overtaken this need to, I don't know. And I see it a lot of times too, where it's like, you'll be down at the short North, you'll be on at some restaurant and you're watching all these couples walk by mm-hmm. and it's like the girl is just decked out. She's Perfect. Got this awesome dress on and the guy's wearing, Trendsetter. The guy's wearing a blue jackets, jersey, khaki shorts and right. flip flops. Yeah. And the worst thing is when you see that white high top. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just kind of, you're just kind of like, what happened? And sometimes I feel bad. See, I they, you see the romantic side of me. So you yeah. know what I think in that scenario? Tell me. They love, he loves how she looks. She still loves his soul. Yes. And can't get him out of the damn wrong garments. Yeah. You know, so that's just, but I turn everything into some kind of romance. Right? <laughs> it's, it's still there. As the poet. Yeah. It's still there, but something's gone awry. Now, we weren't going to leave here today until we talk about this Barvados party. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but before we get on that subject, I want to talk about shoe fashion. Mm. Do you know? She's an expert. Okay, good. I, I, I don't know what those are, <laughs> but we will, I will know before you leave. Love them. Fluvog. You know about John Fluvog? I do not. Okay. I want you guys to, I sent you the link last night. I looked them up. And uh, um, in true fashion, you, when you told me he was up in Toronto, I thought he was on King Street. He was on Queen Street. Queen Street. Yeah. And yeah. I, I remember going in there and, well, funny enough, I was wearing a pair of, Barbados boots and the the salesperson said, What are you wearing that pony leather for? Like <laughs> we've got the best leather. And I just thought, oh my God, who is this? Who's attacking me? Like I'm, you know. But it was funny. He gave me the full rundown about the quality and the different leathers that okay, they Okay, so you've experienced was, that. This, yeah. your, was this your patterning trip? No, no, Indiana? this was a uh, Lance's wedding. Oh, First okay. of all, hold on a second. Okay. That's another great term. A patterning trip. Mm-hmm. Oh, do tell. What does that mean? I don't know. It's kind of a it's kind of a limited brands because mm-hmm. uh, it was L it's L yeah. brands now, but yeah. limited brands one. Uh, actually, I don't know. It started out people would do you do trips when uh, or these trips were to see what's out there. Okay, like um, when we were starting one eleven, we did a patterning trip to we went to every single store in Manhattan that carried t shirts. Oh my goodness! Every single store. And we, we looked at the way it was presented. We looked at the different quality. We looked at the different silhouettes. We looked at um, the price points. I mean, just you when you get that business or you get that, you can pattern that model yeah, from top to you. bottom, from every you. direction, then you can start to like say, where are we in the landscape? How does it fit in? What do we want to be? And so patterning trips, I mean- Important. It, it, the yeah. marketing, I mean, huge, huge. Um, so every yeah. touch- It was of, immersing yourself. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. market research, yeah. it's brand research. That's right. And it, was, it wasn't it was about copying people. It was about no. understanding the market so we could find the differentiator. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. Right, right. And, it, and through a creative way, like we have to experience it viscerally and physically. Absolutely. You know? uh, and it's interesting too, because it, you know, when we had a lot of web designers um, on our team at Express and they would be stuck on something and mm-hmm. I would always be like, Get on a plane. No, I'd be like, just go to our store. There you go. Just go work in the store. And would you would send always, them? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it's just yeah. a, it's just an experimental studio. Yeah, it's like you're take your phone and buy, take a bunch of pictures. You're having a hard time. <laughs> you're having a hard time immersing yourself in the brand right now because you're in a in a white room with other people in a white room. Like you know what I mean? Like with this, no windows. Yeah. So like right. go to our store. Our store is the physical embodiment of our brand. So just go live there and work on this. That's so awesome. And that you did they that. would. And 
we got it would awesome work. results. Right. Yeah. We awesome would results. work in the stores. We would do that. Um, I mean, we tried to do it a couple times a year, but uh-huh. we would take a market that we didn't know. Sure. And we would sign up and say, we're coming. We're going to be there on Saturday. We're going to like, wow. we're going to act like an associate. We're going to talk to customers. We're going to help them with the product. And was so, I mean, you would just learn so much. Yeah, that's so much. That's it, old school I, field insight. Yeah. It is. I mean, then in a conference room, making decisions about what we think is happening in our stores. Instead of knowing. Yes. Yeah. And and there's something special about interacting directly with customers. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. We maybe only saw 50 customers in a day, but we felt something mm-hmm. that numbers couldn't tell us. When, you know, you get a report and you'd say, we surveyed 20,000 people and X is the answer. It's kind of like, eh, it doesn't feel right. Well, when you talk to people, you get a different you get that different dimension. You know All right. I mean? This podcast is never going to end. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, so we refuse to work on brands without personally interviewing the clients prior to talking to executives. Sure. That's awesome. And we only pull from the real no- nomenclature. So we don't do Survey Monkey and say, how do you feel? Totally. One to five. Right. We, right. And right. we pick what we call the um, three categories of interviews that we personally do. We don't even record the interviews because I want the engagement to be too curious to just record it. In other words, I want you to type and say, whoa, slow, what'd you say right there? Say that again. Why'd you say that? So they can improvise all the time in their responses. So we have these 15 questions that we ask. They're all about how do you feel emotionally about the brand? We're just asking them to disengage this, their brain, mm-hmm. and engage this and tell us the truth. That's right. right. Then we take that back. We share it with the client. We've done nothing yet for the client. Yeah, yeah. We share this with the client immediately. And they will say, they'll, the ones we know there'll be a great relationship won't try to control it. They'll say, that's true. We failed at that. Yeah. That's our number one account. They make 80% of the 45 million we're doing this year. They're 80% of it. And that's how they feel about us. Yeah. We then ask them for three adjectives at the end of the surveys. And every time when we ask in these surveys, we use those words in one way or another to reinvent the brand, right? We're just using the, we actually take the language from those interviews and reinvent the brand. The reason is, back to what we said two hours ago, you can't be authentic any other way. No. Mm -hmm. If they won't let us do these brand interviews, how do we position a brand really? Yeah. I can use market data. There's no doubt that that's valuable. It is. And mm-hmm. we do that later mm-hmm. in the marketing segment. We're trying to get to the heart and soul of the brand. Yep. And that's the only way to do it is through the customer. So I think it's unbelievable that you guys are doing that all the time, iteratively then. Yeah, right? absolutely. Not mm-hmm. just not just your team. You would go back in the environment. Absolutely. Uh, well, absolutely. And, and, but to your point, we would send our team out once a quarter. Everyone in, everyone in the creative department had to work one day in the store. Uh our store ops team, they mm-hmm. freaking hated it. They were, it's such a hassle. But it's like, no, you don't understand. The insight's huge. Exactly. And we are, it goes right from the creative team to the customer. We're the See, last and this is line. the beauty. Yeah, right? we're the last line. So we need to be the final steward of the brand. You know what I mean? And it's like- I do. And it's like, if our graphic designer is just sitting behind her computer the whole time and never experiencing the customer- She's going to make micro decisions about something that may be off. And the more she knows, the more she's going to make the right brand decisions. Right, right. You know? Love it. Yeah. Great point, you guys. Fluvog, back to Fluvog. Uh, 50th anniversary in 2020. Unique Souls, S-O-L-E-S, for Unique Souls, S-O-U-L-S. Mm-hmm. Every one of his first shoes, he would sign the souls, literally. Wow making a shoe. So it's a very artful shoe for men and women. I would even say, if you looked at them quickly, they're Mm -hmm. almost androgynous. Yes, absolutely. In their color palette is so interesting for fashion. That's why we'll have another talk about this, Sarah. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) No, you're going to lead in shoes. I just know this one shoe. Remember I told you I'm good at a few things. I found the shoe. You said (laughs) find a piece. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And own it. (laughs) Anyway, I just think that, talk about living the brand. He was actually, and he doesn't do this anymore, but I would actually buy Fluvogs for my friends years ago. Obviously, the brand's 50 years old. I wasn't around around doing that then, but he started in 1970. 
And he used to write a personal note in every box. Wow. Back in the day. So it's taken a lot to grow, but it's a Canadian brand. He's from, a, from Canada. I forget. He, he worked for somebody else. His history was on the site the other day when I sent it to you. But let's talk about the shoe. Is that not the centerpiece of fashion? What is the centerpiece of women's fashion? The purse or the shoe? <laughs> Ooh, those are both very, they're competitors. I'm close, right? Yeah, you are. Okay. Um, and, and here's the, and the not, the not so pretty truth about shoes and bags are because it doesn't, I mean, they change the look and the feel almost instantly, right? Of okay. whatever you're wearing. Jeans and a white t-shirt. Yeah. Looks different in a high heel or a sneaker. Yes. Right? Yeah. My God, it changes the entire approachability of the person. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like, yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, so that's why. And and it's like such a mood changer. Mm-hmm. Right? What kind of look and feel do I want? You know, the shoe can do the shoe can do that. You can wear the same black dress, right? All the time, but change the shoe. The other thing is shoes. God, so it's like a ubiquitous product. It is. And 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 it doesn't matter what size you are. If you've gained a little or you've lost a little or yeah, you know, your eight shoes, to an eleven, it's your, fine. Your shoes still fit, right? Mm-hmm, right. And and you know, and the bag, the bag has become like a personality now. Yeah. The bag is this is saying a little bit about me. Yeah, it's a glimpse. And That's very so interesting. those are, and I would say the same thing about a shoe too. Okay. But um, I think but the, the bag even the, more so. The bag, because you don't necessarily buy as many. So the one that you mm-hmm. buy is the personality. It's What's also, your favorite bag? It's, it's also not necessary. So it's, it's a also, choice that it's you're carrying that. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, now here's what I was way thinking. To go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, points for every once in a while. Points for the toy maker. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, accessories. It's, the, it's all about the accessories. Accessories, exactly. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that the purse was more important because what's put in it. Hmm. But probably not true. I think Jay might be right, but there's important things in there. Absolutely. And some women really rely on that. I'm not as addicted to my handbag yeah, yeah. as as um yeah. as some women. Right. But you know, I don't I don't that's, I don't need to ever have everything in there to function. Yes. But, um, but yeah, probably. That's a good call. Okay. Um, okay, now, you guys have been here a while, and I thank you for it. Certainly the longest podcast, right? Yes. Which is, and we haven't even started drinking. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, Brad, we'll see you at 530. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you remember Dick's Den? You can just plug right into the jukebox there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Okay, but tell us as the outro, Barvado's party. Where you go, Vegas? What what location are you in? New York. Of course. Mm-hmm. Thank yes. you. Or else you can't really tell the story, right? No, no. At the old CBGB's store. Yeah. See, now I'm going to start crying. Yeah. I know. I'm serious. Yeah. That's how I got signed. That's amazing. That stage, they still have it in there. You're kidding. No. Oh, I mean, I yeah, know they still yeah. have the stage. No, but they still I, have it that's there. The, that's it. Yeah. That's what I played on. Yeah. Oh, wow. Th- you know, thank God he saved that place. Yeah. Because it could have very oh. easily gone by the wayside. Right. And he, and, has the, he has the licensing to the brand. And anyone who is like, oh, he ruined it. Now I got news for you. He saved it because right. yeah. it would have just been an office building. Yes. Like, uh, it just, it's oh, better I- to have converted into a fashion brand because fashion is so tight with rock and roll then be gutted and turned into an ice cream shop or a right. fashion or a, a, an So you guys are there at a party coffee. for that opening? No, it was it was for a, it was for he had a uh, uh, a new sub like a, a collection like a capsule collection that okay. was based on Jimi Hendrix's fashion. Of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we That's not easy, is it, Sarah? No. I mean, That's right? hard. Right? <laughs> I mean, I I'm thinking about my makeup right here. That's not going to roll. I can't do those gold elephant pants. No, no. There's no way. I could pull off the belt. Okay, so anyway, he's doing a Hendrix line. He's doing this Hendrix line. Okay. We happened to be in town on a photo shoot. Okay. And being a good customer, I got this like email invite to this like private party or whatever. And we RSVP'd like, yeah, we're going to go. Well, the extra wrinkle was that at the time there was a TV show called Fashion Star Mm -hmm. that Express was a sponsor for. And one of our friends, Erica, was one of the judges on the show. Okay. And one of the mentors on that show was John Barbados. Ah. And so, you know, 
we immediately were oh, able we to, were best friends. Yeah, we were <laughs> immediately able to connect with him <laughs> because we dropped Erica's name. Hey, we work at Express. We're friends with Erica. And that was it. Yeah. And here's Jimi Hendrix pants. Pretty right. much. And <laughs> right. so it was a fun experience, you know, having shopped his brand for yeah, so yeah. long. Yeah, yeah. You were on both sides of the fence. Being, yeah, right. that, being in there and then actually meeting him and being able to chit chat with him. Yeah, that's ab- great. You know, about kind of the behind the scenes piece of it and stuff like that. It's definitely still kind of a highlight. You know, it's like when you're around a lot of known people or famous mm-hmm. people or whatever mm-hmm. with photo shoots and whatever, eventually you start to become a little numb to it all. Yeah, yeah. But there was, it was kind of cool because it's like, here's this guy that like, you know, has this line that we respect so much. And, you know, it's not like you geek out, but you're like, this feels like a celebrity again to, yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So that love fun. affair, that love comes back. Absolutely. You right? know, and we were, I mean, I don't know, starstruck or mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if you want to say that, but the fact that he was real mm-hmm. and wanted to talk to us mm-hmm. and wanted to share like what he was doing and 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 it just it just made it a real pretty special moment yeah. for us That's to be great. there. It's great when it all comes together back to human connection again. All right. And, so special place yeah, in our heart yeah, yeah. for him. That's great. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. This has been a great conversation. Thank you for all the time. Yeah, no problem. Uh, obviously, yeah, there's fun. Uh, great. I'm glad you had a good time. And obviously, so did I very much. And we'll, we'll have you uh, back again. Cool. Yeah. We'd but love th- to come back. Okay. That'd be great. Only because you're really fun to talk with. <laughs> <laughs> and we have more stories. I bet you do. And you're not drinking yet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so thanks a million for being on. 